Welcome back to the Spider-Man Crawl Space, Episode 7 for February 2007. I'm your host and webmaster for the Spider-Man Let's introduce our panel. We've got our regulars. We've got Morbius. Hello again, folks. And we've got JR. Hello. And Spidey Dude, of course. Hello. And we have the infamous message board poster. You know, we've heard about his truck. We've probably mentioned him on every single podcast. We've got F and Spidey. Welcome aboard, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. It's uh, always nice to hear somebody's listening in their truck. <laughs> so I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, since we, we didn't really tackle much of the Civil War last episode, we had uh, Peter David and... and uh, that was a great interview. We want to thank Peter David again for being with us. But uh, we're going to tackle Civil War. Civil War Six came out. Also, Amazing Spider-Man 537. You know, if if you haven't read it yet, the spoiler is coming up. You know, the uh, there's a crosshair at the end of the issue with uh, Aunt May and Mary Jane and the crosshairs of a sniper. So it kind of looks like somebody's going to get shot or possibly uh, is going to end up killed. Uh, what, what do you guys think of uh, what, what the impact will have if uh, Peter Lewis loses Aunt May or Mary Jane? Morbius, you want to tackle it first? Well, um, first of all, I don't think he's going to lose either. Yeah. Um, first off, Peter David told us outright last month, and Joe Casada has said that they're not going to kill Mary Jane, and I really don't think they're going to kill Aunt May either. Um, what I do think is going to happen, just from reading the last issue of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, is that it's going to kind of show him that danger that's ever present, and he's going to shunt them off somewhere for a while to be safe while he does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you read uh, the newest issue of From the Neighborhood, he doesn't have them with him. He's kind of going off somewhere else, trying to crash at Flash's place and everything. Yeah. He's in his black costume already, which is kind of incongruous. They should have thought about the scheduling a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But... He's obviously trying not, Peter David's obviously trying not to give away, you know, anything that's happening in Amazing Spider-Man, you know, what the ending of that was, but I also don't think we could have had Aunt May or Mary Jane die before he goes into the black costume and then have him into the black costume and not mention it when he's talking about Uncle Ben dying and everything. So I think basically they're just going to try to tear those two away from him for a while, Mm -hmm. and we'll just see where that goes. Half in Spider-Man, hit it up. What do you think if, if he loses May or... Uh, MJ. Well, I think that, uh, you know, Spider-Man in, in, in the old days coming up, he's always been a rogue, he's always been a loner, and, it, you know, in recent history, he's involved with the Avengers, and he's teaming up with all these other guys, and he's seems to be at the forefront of everything, and I think this particular incident, should someone get shot, killed, shot at, named, whatever, yeah. it's going to drive him more into an you know, he's going to be more of an underground hero, and he's not going to be involved with everybody. He's going to kind of be looking out for himself and looking out for his family and 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 not worrying what Iron Man is doing and what Captain America is doing and what all those other guys are doing. I think he's just right. going to, you know, keep to himself. Would you be upset if either one of those characters left, or do you think one needs to go? Or Well, you know, if Aunt May, she's been around forever. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, eventually she is going to have to die. Otherwise, she's gonna, you know, they're gonna be celebrating her 187th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, she I would tried be, that once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be too upset if if uh, if Aunt May got if, was killed. Yeah, you know, if Mary it's, Jane, you know, yeah. if, if 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 Mary Jane were to die, it might send everything into a tailspin. But you know, Aunt May, we could probably we can probably jettison her for. Yeah. <laughs> JR, what's your thoughts, buddy? Well, 
course, I went on record as saying that he was never going to unmask, and then he unmasked. So yeah. I guess I have to tread carefully. But uh, I don't think anybody's going to die. Um, I think um, that uh, what you know, well, if he were a real person and somebody died, then you know, frankly, he'd go nuts and he'd be a Batman-type character and you know, beat the crap out of anybody who got in his way. But <laughs> since this is uh, since this is comic land, and if somebody got killed, he'd just kind of stew around and feel sorry for himself and. We'd have to put up with another agonizing dozen or so issues that we did when, uh, after Mary Jane supposedly got blown up in the plane. Right. So um, I, I just think uh, I agree with uh, what's been said earlier that he's just going to realize that you know it's too dangerous for them to hang around him. You know maybe his one of his new buddies like Doc Strange will give them new identities or something or mm-hmm. you know or hide him somewhere and you know and then we'll get this. Uh, We'll get the. Um, I was about to say he's not going to be the loner Spider-Man because, as we're going to talk about <laughs> a little bit later, he's on another team. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's he's not quite the the loner again yet either. So, you know, it's it's. I don't think anything. You know, I don't think anything dramatic is going to happen. They're just going to be shut, shuttered off and. Uh, you know, and he'll uh, he'll gripe and moan and feel sorry for himself for a while. You know, the thing is, both these storylines have been played out before. Mary Jane's died allegedly earlier in a plane crash. M- uh, Aunt May died and had an actress play her part, evidently. And I mean, it's well, she been died d- twice, didn't she? Yeah, she died in the 200s <laughs> of Amazing. That, I tell you what, that broad has more lives than a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I think she outstayed her welcome long around the time that they called her Golden Oldie. For God's sake! Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she. I mean, it's just been played out before. Get a new way or something. I don't understand. But Spidey, dude, uh, we haven't heard from you. What's your thoughts on it, buddy? You, you just stole my point, Brad. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. But yeah, I mean, like like I say, it's been played out so many times. Yeah. I, and I thought I keep thinking every time Joe Casada talks about this, I'm like, have you not learned from what Bob Harris did and the mess he made before he before you came on board? Yeah. I mean. The reboot with Mary Jane's death and and having him being out in the street and whatnot. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. this is just this is. I just feel like Marvel's been treading water, but I also feel like it does. They're trying to keep him more of an urban street level superhero, as evidenced by his new team. Mm-hmm. And you know, this will kind of get rid of the excess baggage, but also gets rid of the entire supporting cast of Amazing Spider-Man. So there you go. Yeah. Which there's not much up to begin with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I actually like the way Peter David's going with it, with uh, introducing more uh, supporting cast. You know, Betty Brant, uh, mm-hmm. Deb Whitman, Aunt May, Mary Jane, Jay Jonah. I, I like that supporting cast because you can only tell so many stories with three people. You know. Yeah. So, any other like thoughts Peter on David this? Peter David said the Avengers can't be someone supporting cast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They, that just doesn't work. They should be a star of their own book of Avengers. But any other thoughts before we move on? <clears throat> Uh, that would be a no. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Cricket. Cricket, yes. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Spider-Man Rain, uh, this new uh, miniseries that came out the last couple months by Carrie Andrews. It's kind of a uh, Marvel take on uh, Dark Knight Returns. I've heard a lot of comparisons to that. Uh, who wants to take that first one? Who wants to talk a bit about it? I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, whoever had the number two in the, the pool... That was going to guess how many rotting corpses of franchise characters are going to be in, in this latest issue would be the winner. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I was kind of on a little bit uneven about it anyway. Um, 
I just, you know, I, I hate to, to, you know, just rag on something because that's what, you know, everybody does on the Internet. They just relentlessly <laughs> rag on things. But, you know, Peter's, you know, he starts out and he's an utter loser. He's old and he's a failure and he's a loser and he's alone, you know, yada, yada, yada. I've heard that before, <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, and then, of course, we just have to, like I said, we go into this third one and, you know, we've got, the, the aforementioned two rotting corpses, you know, I said, oh, you know, well, that was really, you know, inspiring. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and make one last stand after I change into a costume hiding in my wife's coffin. Um, and, you know, and, and as far as, you know, and I, since we've already, we're already going to use spoilers, I mean, it's, I, I just, I, I think the idea of Venom being the bad guy, I, you know, and, and doing this, this big sci-fi thing, um, I wish it had been, uh, a little bit more down to earth, you know, some some other kind. You know, I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad Norman's not in it, at least not so far, uh, because he does. Uh, he's he's been in probably too much already. Uh, but I just, yeah, this is one. This is one where the ending is going to be really important. I mean, the ending is either going to make it or it's or it's going to break it. So that's uh, that's kind of my two cents on it. Fellas, hop in. What do you think? Well, I drop it after the first issue, so you know I, I couldn't justify spending four dollars on art that was not that good and a story that was mediocre at best. So I didn't enjoy it. No, <laughs> I just really? It. Yeah. <laughs> More? What's your thoughts, buddy? Well, I'm gonna take a chance and go on record as actually liking it. I knew um, it. I knew it, Spidey dude. Did I not call it? I knew you would like it. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> Go ahead. Am I just kind of the stereotypical like the dark stuff guy? You are the stereotypical dark guy. If it's happening <laughs> off in a corner in a dark spot, you're going to dig it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Honestly, I didn't pick up the book to begin with. Um, I like it sold out at every store in town. Yeah. And um, then I was hearing some good things about the first issue, so I ordered it offline, and I got to get the second issue the next day, so I got the first two back-to-back, and I thought they were pretty good. Um, yeah. I usually really hate that style of art. I've never liked that artist at all. But for some reason, I just think the ugliness of it mm-hmm. works for the <laughs> ugliness of the story. Yeah. Which is not something I usually hold to because <laughs> I don't like ugly art. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, for some reason, it's working for me here. Yeah. And then I just I read the third issue today and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Venom was coming because we've all seen the cover of the fourth issue. So. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big surprise, but I like the way he's worked it around. Um, I think he's, I think he's mostly been able to bring it out from under just being a Dark Knight Returns ripoff, even though it's kind of always going to be obvious that it's the Spider-Man version of the Dark Knight Returns. I think it's kind of being able to do its own thing with this whole Venom thing. Right. Um, of course, Jr. touched on something that I was going to mention. I find it interesting that in this current age of readers. Venom is the main villain in this, what's basically the Spider-Man, the end tale, and the Green Goblin is nowhere to be seen. So I wonder what the kind of commentary that is on this whole age thing we've talked about before (laughs) with the Green Goblin fans and the Venom fans and all that stuff. Thank God there's no carnage. We'll we'll tackle that one a little bit later when we talk about JR's articles, but um, F and Spidey, let's hear your take on it, too. Have you read the book? Well, you know what? I, I... I picked up the first one. I didn't read it. I was looking at it at the uh, at the comic store. And yeah. You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm I am driven by the art in these books, and if it is not very good, I am not going to spend money on it. Yeah. Um, 
and I mean there are there are Spider-Man titles now that I think the art in is just awful, but I read it anyway mm-hmm. because you know I don't want to get lost. Um, and in the miniseries, specifically in the miniseries, if the art is any good, I'm not going to pick it up. So right. unfortunately, I haven't read it. Well, my, my my take on it is I I, I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with Jr. I can't stand it. I I uh, agreed with his thoughts about you know I wish it was set more in a time period or something that we could just grasp onto. Uh, it, it's all sci-fi-ish. Uh, you know the the world is lost. Its superheroes are going to put a web over the city. I mean that's not Spider-Man. Spider-Man's down to earth. You know, well, as down to earth as a guy that can climb to walls is, but um, I. I, I don't think of Peter as an 80-year-old man that's, that's uh, a loser. <laughs> I would hope. Well, that's um, something I actually forgot to mention that I think is probably the most brilliant thing about this little series, though, is you've got Peter Parker as this old, broken man, but then when he puts on the mask, it's like the Spider-Man persona is hiding in the mask. He yeah. puts on the mask and it brings out what he used to be, which is kind of a commentary on the duality of it now just taking it much farther. And I think the way yeah. he's pulled that off is kind of brilliant. Yeah, I mean, but I, ju- I just, uh, the art, you know, Carrie Andrews, he, he did a few issues of, uh, I think, Web Spinners or something. Uh, the art was a lot different. He's definitely going for a different style on this book, I think. So. Was he the guy who did the, um, oh, you said Web Spinners. I'm sorry, I was thinking Tangled Web. Okay. It, it might have it been what, that, too. It, it was Basically, I remember it was a kid sitting in front of a television set. The cover had a kid in front of a television set watching Spider-Man. Oh, that was the one with Electro. Yeah. Okay, so that was Tangled Web then. Okay, right. so that, that was him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was an entirely different style. Exactly. And well, and I enjoyed his covers, too, of Amazing. I think uh, the issue where Anne May reveals, uh, they have the conversation, the conversation issue. Yeah, yeah. That, that, he did that cover. It was a really great cover. I enjoyed that. I thought that was a really good cover. Well, he also did the cover to the uh, issue that was him kind of above the city lights that Brad actually posted on the homepage is, How Ugly Is This? <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> actually, oh, yeah. I, really, I really don't remember that one, but I, I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a little poll, a little thread you put on the homepage and oh, said, man. I think the title was Bud Ugly or what? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I must have had a bad day that day. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one, but yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think it's overpriced. I think what four bucks a pop is is awful. How many issues is this thing? Four. It's going to be twelve. Uh, four. There's one more. Yeah, sixteen dollars for the whole thing. You can probably buy the trade a lot cheaper, but man, so I'm going to make it a hardcover to make more money. It'll be oh, twenty there bucks. You go. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Jerry? There's, there's, I was about to say there's there's one thing I actually do think is on target, and I think that's the. Uh, the uh, depiction of Jonah uh, Jameson uh, as just a, this crazy old coot who's, you know, you know, uh, saying the end is near and, and things like that. Uh, I, I, you know, th- there was another, there was like the what if story where uh, where America was under a dictatorship and Jonah was. Uh, it was one of those if Captain America had been frozen for another twenty years or so, and Jonah was kind of a part of a covert group sending uh, coded messages. Uh, through the bugles, uh, through the newspaper, and yeah. I, I always do kind of see Jonah as, uh, you know, as, as, as contrary and egomaniacal and, and borderline <laughs> psychotic as he is, uh, that he really is a, you know, would be a, a freedom fighter and a, and a champion of, uh, of rights and things of that nature. So I think, you know, I, I think that characterization is on. I, I actually did like to see the, the old hypno hustler. <laughs> actually, uh, I did, I, get, I did chuckle at that too. I agree. And uh, but 
you know, and I I just kind of thought maybe more old guys would come out of the closet, you know, but uh, not well. Uh, I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> oh heaven! Yeah, uh, I don't think I'd imp- I'd like the book even more if that happened. No, no, no. no. I, I just thought Yeah, I think that I thought there'd be a bunch of other old geezers come out and support yeah. him, you know. And but it's but other than that, I. Boy, save your money. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I guess last couple thoughts on this. I guess the characterization is just off. I don't picture Peter Parker, a uh, crazy old man looking at redheads in his dreams, and uh, just a loser like that. I mean, I, I could envision J. Jonah Jameson stuck up in a uh, hotel thinking of his dead wife and stuff like that. I just don't see Peter Parker's character doing that, but I guess that's me. And we haven't even talked about Peter Parker's puny pecker, so. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm not going to be able to put a clean one on this one. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Any other thoughts on this before we move on, fellas? How old is Jonah? One more thing. Oh, what? Someone said, how old is Jonah? I I would guess 50-ish or late 50s, maybe. Well, I'm talking about the book. I mean, he has to be 250 years old. About 150? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably that. (laughs) More did you have something? Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, what you said about you thinking the characterization was off on Peter Parker, I really don't. Um, yeah. I'm not, just the way he is, the way he's always been, he's this guilt-ridden character, and yeah, he's still bouncy and happy-go-lucky. Um, a lot of that is him hiding behind his mask, though. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he's already been so guilt-ridden. He's got, you know, Uncle Ben, Captain Stacy, Gwen Stacy, all those people on his conscience. Now, add to that his aunt and his wife, mm-hmm. who, you know, in this issue, we find that his wife is dead because of him. We put all that more guilt on him. He's lost the Spider-Man thing. He lost the mask. He put that away. So I think by the time he got to this point, he would be just so beaten down and guilt-ridden as we see him. Yeah. And that's part of what I like about the duality. When he gets the mask back out, he's hiding behind the mask again, and he's who he was again, but only when he's wearing the mask. I think the message board's going to be happy. We've had a pretty good debate on that, guys. I think we're pretty split. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, some preview images have been released about the new Avengers team. Uh, Spider-Man's going to be on the new Avengers. Uh, he's going to have you guys might have to help me. I'm doing this off memory. We've got uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Spider Woman, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Uh, we've got oh, who's that uh, ninja? Ronan. 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 And do we Echo have Echo and the new Ronan? Echo and the new Ronan. Okay. Did I name everybody? Wolverine. Yeah. And Wolverine. Yes. Wolverine. Okay. Thoughts on the team, fellas? Uh, F and Spider-Man, you want to go first? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I dig. I dig Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist. Yeah. I've, I've loved them since I was a kid. Right. But you know, I kind I kind of like the heroes that uh that uh, that are in the streets and and fighting. Not necessarily the, the the wacky super villains, but just the the street thugs and the you know and the drug dealers and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I really like the fact that they've got Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Spider Man in there because those guys have been doing it for years. Um, right. Spider Woman, how many different Spider Womans have there been? I think we're up to four or five. If I, yeah. if you count all. I think we're only three or four. Well, let's name them. We've got Jessica Carpenter. We've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Drew, you've got uh, the Arena yeah. girl. Well, Arana's not a... Well, if you're adding all those in, then, yeah, I'm talking actual Spider-Woman. I think we've only well, had, like, Well, she, the, the girl who was Arana, wasn't she a... Uh, that Spider-Woman book with John Byrne? 
Wasn't she that same character? Oh, that was Matt, that was Maddie Franklin who oh, got okay. her powers and in Norman's gathering of the five ceremony. Yes. So that's that's the three, if I remember correctly. And yeah. Jessica Carpenter's the one that's called Arachne now, right? Right. Yep. She's right. the one that the black costume was copied from. Yeah. So three or four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and you also have the evil Spider Woman too. Oh, good. That was attacking Lord. Maddie Franklin. Yeah. You're trying to forget. You're trying to block out the uh, reboot issues. You know, me too. Especially fourteen of amazing, where he, where Maddie Franklin kisses Peter Parker just one month after his daughter. I mean, his wife is dead. You know, that that just yeah. I, it, it's I don't know why they go for the uh, Peter Parker kissing somebody on the cover after some that inappropriate kiss. We've got the the Gwen Stacy daughter kiss. Remember that cover? Uh, that was awful. Yeah, <laughs> we've got the Peter kissing a fourteen-year-old girl on the cover. What that issue you guys were talking about? <laughs> anyway, we're moving. We're moving away from the topic. Spidey, dude. I mean, F and Spidey. Any other thoughts on the new team? You know, um, no, not nothing positive. <laughs> <laughs> you, are you not looking forward always, to the team, or you? Uh, no, I. I've always felt that, that including Wolverine and Spider-Man into the Avengers or the new Avengers is just a way to drive magazine sales yeah. because obviously Wolverine and Spider-Man are, are uh, you know, flagship characters. But yeah. on the other hand, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're in the business to sell magazines. So if Spider-Man and Wolverine sell Avengers magazines, then awesome. Yeah. For an old cranky guy like me, <laughs> off a little bit. You're going to get along with Jr. and myself quite well, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Jr., what's your thoughts on the the new team up? Well, I frankly was a little bit dismayed that they broke up the old New Avengers mm-hmm. uh, as soon as they did. Uh, that had just started to get some traction. I thought, you know, I really wanted to see Spider-Man as part of a a legitimate superhero team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you know, and kind of, you know, because it was an entirely new direction to go. You know, he's he was never able to join a team, never wanted to, or if he tried, he'd get kicked out or something would go wrong. You know, and so now he finally becomes part of one, and I just kind of wanted to see that play out. Yeah. You know, run that for about three or four years, you know, and have him leave. And, but, so, but then they jettisoned that before before they were able to really to... Okay, okay. Um, before they were able to... Um, Hi, that was my son. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, uh, so they just really didn't play, you know, go through it, uh, go through the stories that they could have done. Yeah. I'm really not jazzed about this team. Um, I don't, um, you know, I don't like Echo. Um, I, you know, another Ronin mystery is is just. I mean, the last one Who was, cares? you know, was lame. It's like, yeah. you know, well, the the revelation before was underwhelming. So, gee, let's have another one. Yeah. Uh, and um, and just, you know, and, and the, the, what's the whole point of uh, you know, putting Spidey on his own again if he can go hang out at Doctor Strange's because that's what's, what the gig is, right? I mean, they can yeah. go out and hang out at Doctor Strange's house that he's uh, got, uh, you know, cloaked as a Starbucks or something. So <laughs> it, 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 it just seems a little bit, I, you know, again, I, I won't judge it till I read it. Yeah. But, you know, if my first impressions are, you know, I'm just very wary. I think that you just thought of a great idea for a Doctor Strange miniseries. If he has a Starbucks, it could be called Strange Brew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, forget it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who wants to hit it next? Who haven't we hit? Morbius and Spidey Dude? Um, Morbius, can I just ask, am I the only one that's read New Avengers number 27? No, I have. No, I've read it. 
Oh, I haven't read okay. it. Go ahead. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to be the one that's contrary to everybody else again. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> why we really keep like you on, it. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to secure my position. <laughs> but um, aside from the fact that I absolutely hate, 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 hate Lemuel Yu's art, I think he is awful and can't draw to save his life. Um Who's art? I'm sorry, one more time. Lineal Yu, he's the new ongoing oh, yeah. artist for New Avengers. Okay. He did the art in the Luke Cage issue of right. the whole Civil War thing. Right. Of course, art is kind of a loose term, but yeah. <laughs> um, I do love the writing of it. Um, this team with people like Luke Cage and Iron Fist and those kind of characters on it, it's like, and especially with that issue, using Echo and Elektra you know, in Japan the way he did, it's like Bendis is playing on the end of the street that he played on with Daredevil again, and I still hold that run on Daredevil as one of the absolute greatest runs on a superhero comic in history, bar none. Um, so seeing that kind of thing pop up again, it's almost like I don't care that I'm not seeing bigger super-powered things on the team. This is some great writing, basically. Um, I like a mystery, personally. Yeah. Sure, the Echo thing was kind of a throw-off and a letdown last time, but I like a mystery, so it's fun to try to figure out who this new Ronin is, mm-hmm. even if in the end it turns out to be something just wacky. But um, I like Echo a lot, so having her still on the team is great, Then we'll see who this Ronin is. And I'm loving the resurgence of Iron Fist. I think his new ongoing book is fantastic. If you haven't checked it out, you really should, because Brubaker's doing better than he's doing on Daredevil uh, with <laughs> that book, I think. Um, But, yeah, so overall, I really like it. The one thing that threw me off is that Spider-Man's in his black costume in that issue, so it's after the whole back-in-black thing where he's supposed to be all somber, and he's bouncier and jokier than I have seen him in years. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, not not much continuity, it seems like. All right, Spidey Dude, what's your thoughts? Continuity? You mean it actually exists in Marvel? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. That was a a, a Mm -hmm. thing. Um, that wasn't any worse than my strange brew line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I read the issue, and I, it like any business issue, it it was short. I, I read yeah. it in five minutes. I mean, it was, and the artwork. He can draw guys, but he's the anti-Cho. <laughs> yeah. He can draw guys, but he can't draw women. Um, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Doctor, you know, Bendis kept saying how. Badass Doctor Strange is going to look, and I, I thought he looked pretty bad <laughs> yep. in the issue, but um, bad isn't really bad. Uh, and, you know, I, I just I thought, yeah, I don't really care who the new Ronin is. I don't. I don't. It just, to me, it's like, who cares? I mean, nobody cared really when the first Ronin came around, and then it revealed to be Echo, one of his pet characters, which I pretty much think it's going to be another one of his pet characters. So, you know, I do like the fact that Luke, Luke Cage is uh, leading the team. Uh, I like that aspect. I like the fact that Iron Fist is with him. Wolverine, I just think he's just there to just be there. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really do much. But uh, other than that, I, 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 I have to give it at least through the first arc. And if I don't like it and nothing really happens concerning Peter, I'm just going to drop it. Yeah. Just to be honest. I, I pretty much agree. I haven't read that issue you guys were talking about. I read the previous one. But I pretty much agree that it's a quick read. Uh, you know, as JR said also, you, wa- you want to see the classic Avengers. Not classic, but you want to see the whole team on a mission for some 
uh, vent, but you don't really see that much. As of late, I think the new Avengers has been a lot of one-shots, of one uh, character shots. You know, you, you got the Luke Cage issue, you got the Spider Girl, I mean Spider Woman, and it's not been a team book. It's been an individual book, I think, as of late, and it's a quick read, so you don't really get to see Spider-Man on a team. You get to see him in sporadic moments, but. That's just my take. I, I, well, I guess that's just coming from... It depends on where you're coming from on wanting to yeah. read the book, because I guess as a Spider-Man fan, it's kind of a letdown, but yeah, I, if that's the only reason you're reading it, then I guess you should probably drop it, but I mean, I thought number 26, being even though it was Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and didn't have anything to do with the rest of the team, amazing comic book in and of itself. I thought it was one of the you know, better single issues I've read yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, um, I like that issue, too. I just don't think that was... Uh, that was a maybe Avengers Spotlight issue, if anybody remembers yeah, that title. Which yeah, which they've kind of been doing that for a while, but the fact that they've been so quality means I don't mind. And with yeah. this current arc, as a Daredevil fan, I mean, this is just, yeah. this is kind of a Jones for me, because we see Elektra as the head of the hand, killing Echo and resurrecting her, mirroring totally what Bullseye did, Bullseye in the hand did to her. Right. They're just kind of a Daredevil geek factor to <laughs> what's going on right, right now. Yeah. All right, fellas, if we don't have anything else, we're going to move on to the plug part. Any, any other comments on the new Avengers? And uh, no, uh, no, nothing again. <laughs> I love this phone delay. People are like, what the hell? Are these guys in the same room? <laughs> we're not. <laughs> not All even, right. We're not in the same state. We're not even the, we're, we're in the, the only connection we have is the same country, so you got to love it. That's the wonders of mm. Skype. All right, we're uh, going to do the plug part. Morbius uh, has a n- uh, new webcomic that's been uh, online for about uh, about three weeks, if I remember correctly. Four. We're up to number four now. Number four, Internal Affairs. Talk a bit about your new comic. Well, um, when I was on the podcast that got accidentally dumped and then re-recorded <laughs> without me a couple of months ago, I had a really great description of it <laughs> that I'm I've sorry. totally lost. <laughs> but... Um, at this point, what we're kind of seeing is sort of a cop drama type thing. There's definitely a noir angle to it. We're trying to do a little bit of a modern noir thing, um, not with the you know old PIs and cheesy trench coats and stuff. We're following a cop at this point, a guy named Klugman, um, and he's investigating a grisly murder. And in the newest one we've seen, it turns out that, uh, and I, I don't think anybody that knows me very well is going to be surprised, but there's a monster involved. Yeah. Um, so basically what we've got here is a supernatural, noir, mystery, cop drama thing. Right. And give me two months, two weeks that is, two more uh, two more strips, and we're going to introduce a screwed up romance element to it too. Cool. But uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. I really like what uh, Ted Brandt from England is doing on the art. So I'm just having a blast, and I like that people are reading it, and they seem to be having some fun, so... Right. Love it if you'll check it out. It's webcomicnation.com slash internal affairs. Okay. And uh, it comes out every, a new strip is released every Tuesday, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah, okay. every Tuesday so or Monday at midnight, but that depends on what time's on your end. Yeah, so bookmark the site and look, check it out. Also, they, you've got a message board set up for people to comment, and also there's a thread on our message board about it, too, if they want to leave you some feedback. Have you been getting some good feedback so far from people? A little bit. Uh, mostly the feedback I've been getting is on message boards like... Uh, you know, the Crawl Space message board and the Marvel Directory message board. Cool. There's some good stuff going on in the comment box here, but our message board is pretty much dead. <laughs> There's not much going on there. Well, hopefully it's Still trying to hear people this over. And, yeah, we'll hear this on the podcast and give you some traffic, so that'll be cool. All right, good luck with that, and we'll also uh, 
talk to Jr. Jr. Since uh, before the Peter David uh, episode, you've posted like three articles, right? three or four, I think, so far on SpideyKicksButt.com. Yeah, well, it's amazing what one can do when the temperature is about five <laughs> degrees here in Cleveland and minus twenty wind chill, and uh, yep. you know, <laughs> there's not a whole whole lot else to do. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, and usually the the summer is when my productivity drops off because I've got a lot of other things to do. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I was cranking them out, and uh, I I listened to the people, uh, and I gave them what they wanted. Uh, I gave them uh, uh, the start of a Venom series. Loved it. Loved it. Loved that article. We're going to – thank you. We're going to – then what we're going to do is we're going to have another part of it, and then I'm probably going to go back and finish off the Harry series – and uh, I think what I might do is, rather than, you know, what I did originally with Harry and, and make people sit through ten straight parts of that, um, what I may do is I may just kind of mix things up a little because I've also got the 2006 year in review to start plotting out. So, mm-hmm. But uh, this thing on Venom, you know, it was just, I, I, I you know, you know after, after, you know, a number of people asked for one, you know, and I didn't. I held off on writing one because I didn't really think I could. You know, because I really didn't like the character that much, and really didn't think I could. I could get in there and and play with his psyche, or, or uh, you know, kind of really bring out you know some of the things about him that you know may not be so obvious on the written page on the on the written page, but you know, there if we really think about him. But uh, I, I started to get into it. I started to get interested. And I started to see you know what you know what positives the character had. Uh, you know, and um, and really, actually, what surprised me was when we go back and look at some of the older villains that you know guys of my generation do like. You know, and <laughs> let me let me put my teeth back in while I you know <laughs> go in. But uh, when you think about it, uh, you know, the the villains, Spidey's villains, when they originally created, were a bunch of just you know straw men as well. You know, they were yeah. they they had garish costumes and they were committing crimes and they hated Spider-Man because Spider-Man was you know, busting up their gigs, and it's like, geez, guys, you know, mm-hmm. go get a job, right. uh, and then Spider-Man <laughs> won't be bothering you. Right. But um, now, Venom. But but the thing is, I've I've started to read further into uh, Amazing Spider-Man, where Venom starts reappearing, and he does kind of. I think he falls off the track pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think he's got one yeah. more strong appearance, and then uh, just the uh, just this cliche takes over. You know, and they just start, you know, milking him for his popularity. It's like, oh, sales have fallen below, you know, X thousand. We better bring Venom in and juice him up. So, mm-hmm. but uh, so anyway, but that, but but it's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm interested, and in, uh, we'll see how far it goes, and uh, we'll uh, we'll finish Harry off, and uh, hopefully, if uh, I don't get hit by a bus or anything like that, we'll have the year in review to uh, to consider as well. So, well, uh, one thing Jr. and I have been talking about on the message board, it's been a little bit of a debate, is about the generational gap. Uh, Jr. Is a kid of the 70s, I would think, reading Spider-Man, and uh, I'm more of a kid of the 80s. And Venom, for a kid of the 80s, I think was the coolest thing. And uh, I forgive a lot. And and Jr. hit one of the best points in his article, in my opinion, about how that costume is so dang cool. Anybody could be in it, and it would just be a great villain. You guys, except you... Mac Gargan. Yeah, exact him. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys think? Do you think Venom is a generational thing? Uh, people like him, and uh, because of that cool suit, and they screw up with them, or what? I think it's a generational thing for sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't like Venom. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I, I you know I think he just he, he came on the scene and he's this just gruesome, vicious creature, and I think that the time that he was introduced into the books that was kind of the way 
everything was going. Right. And, uh, I, I don't like him, but, you know, it's like, like you said, his costume is kick-ass. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I agree. Morbin yeah. Spidey Dude, what's your thoughts on it, buddy? Well, um, I don't, I don't know that I would really know, because <laughs> yeah. I've grown up with Green Goblin and with Venom and even Carnage. I mean, during the 90s, you know, even 80s when I was quite young, um, I, I dabbled in comic books. I got I got them here and there and enjoyed them and kind of followed a little bit of story. Um, a lot of what I got was from Spider-Man cartoon, the X-Men cartoon, stuff like that. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I got really hardcore into collecting and reading all this back stuff, and I've read quite a lot in that time. But the fact is, I wasn't smacked in the face with this big hulking new character at a point when I was a long-time reader. It's yeah. just something that was there. And to me, he seems awesome. Mm-hmm. I love the original Venom stuff. I agree with JR. He fell off the tracks with record speed. And we had things like Lethal Protector that we'd like <laughs> to all forget. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a great character when he's used well. He's just not. Um mm-hmm. But, well, like I said, I don't think I can really understand the whole generational thing because I grew up with it. So, yeah. I like him. And Spidey Dude? Uh, well, mixed bag. Uh, uh, like I said, you know, when we were talking about Venom a couple of weeks, months back about the uh, him appearing in Spider-Man 3, I've always been on the fence. When I was younger, I loved Venom because he was an antithesis to Spider-Man. Um but then I read more about Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn, and all these other great villains, and I'm sitting there going, he's an incredibly weak villain. His motivations are pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Um, they never, uh, you always, he always had the same motivation, and they never were expanded upon or fleshed out. They were, he went from being a hatred of Spider-Man to protecting the innocent from Spider-Man, which was never made any sense to anybody, I don't think, except for maybe the writers of the time. Um, but maybe. I think that, Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's debatable, I guess. But I just think that the character never got the chance that the characters got, like the Green Goblin, the Hobgoblin, all these different characters, or Dr. Octopus, for example. You know, I mean, those characters got had the, the uh, period of time to, to grow and, and to evolve, and whereas Venom, he was there, he had his motivations, and then they just went away. <laughs> And it just he's, he's a victim of he's the ultimate victim of the '90s, and he's pretty much the prime example everybody uses when they talk about the over super saturation of kind books in the '90s. Venom automatically comes into play. Right, I, I think he kind of fell off the bandwagon, as as Morb said about the lethal when he, they started doing the miniseries. Uh, that just that was just a total cash in, and kind of probably do kind of what you said. You know, he needed a time to grow. Over, you know, like maybe appear once a year or every other year, but no, Marvel saw that he was a cash cow. You know, they could milk him for all he's worth, and and Doctor Octopus wasn't in a book every single month of the nineties. <laughs> you know, so like he died in the nineties. <laughs> man, you, speaking of villains, it took a turn for the worse. I think when the the Spider-Man Two movie came out and they made him thinner and have a six-pack abs for at least <laughs> Doc Ock, and they gave him that long hair. Man, that was just lame. Did, did anybody like that period? Not really. No, yeah. I still don't like these little suckers on the on the arms that they keep insisting on using. I just never. I was like, no. Yeah. I don't want it to look like a real octopus arm. <laughs> no, thank you. It's a hand. All right. 
While we've got Spidey good talking, let's talk a bit about the C uh, Crawl Space Avengers stuff. We've got some fan fiction going on the board. Well, you know, if, if you look right now, there's not a whole lot going on, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Just like with anything, it's, 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 life invariably gets in the way. But, uh, we got a lot of stuff we're cooking up right now. Uh, we finally, I finally got back in the writing groove. And I'm finally back into where I can sit there and say, hey, I'm actually enjoying this and just, and, you know, actually have some time on my hands. Right. Um, the, the, the PSA, um, which have been together and been created and been written about for a long time, right. they split into, this was mainly to, uh, compensate for the amount of level of people that are on the message board. I mean, that are, uh, regular posters. I mean, that, that was the whole point of the CSA was to, there's a thank you page for the uh, the regular posters, and I was thinking of different ways we can include almost everybody in there, mm-hmm. and we're trying to do that. And and that I felt like there were two teams instead of just one giant team. It one, it's easier to write, and two, we try to get almost everybody in there. Right. So um, I teamed up with B Team X Comedy, who is going to finish his run in about issue six or seven, and then um, I'm going to take over the book, and we're going to do a. Uh, uh, we're gonna do a big 24 style, um, uh, hour. Yeah, uh, yeah, story arc, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna do it like a six issue long, uh, and we're gonna do like hour by hour detailed depictions, cause I, I know people are fans of 24, and I'm a fan of 24, so yeah. I thought it'd be uh, interesting to see if, For, uh, it'd be interesting to see if we could pack one day worth of a uh, story. So for those not in the know that are just listening to this, basically, this is how the Crawl Space Avengers formed. <laughs> basically, I, I started a page of a thank you for if people posted a certain amount of posts on, a, on the message board, they would become Crawl Space Avengers. And then uh, it kind of took on a life of its own. It became turned into like a fan fiction. People started writing stories of the message board names, and they'd be inserted into the... Uh, the fan fiction, and all of a sudden I'm noticing my name as like the leader of some <laughs> some kind of secret organization. So it's it really over the years it's taken a life of its own. So it's kind of flattering. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, so. you know, we try, <laughs> we try, Brad, we try. There you go. All right, F and Spidey, you're also a, a, a cartoonist, a writer, and a, a artist on Hometown Hooligan. It's a, a strip that appears in Mile High Sports Magazine. Tell us a little bit about the strip. Well, uh, the strip, you know, Mile High Sports Magazine is a magazine that essentially it's for sports fans, and it covers just about every sport in the Rocky Mountain region from Idaho to New Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they wanted a, the, the publishers of that magazine wanted a strip to essentially infuriate fans and uh, get under their skin, and that's <laughs> what I do. I do a, a single-panel monthly strip, and uh, I... You know, make them laugh, or I really, really piss them off. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes, sometimes these things write themselves. Like right. for instance, this 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 particular, the one that I'm working on now for uh, March, is going to uh, poke fun at the Air Force Academy because most of their athletes are uh, cheating over the internet to pass their tests. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, for for a cartoonist, that stuff is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I'm working on right now is, is, is the March cool. March edition of the Hometown Hooligan. Now, is there a way that people can see this? Is it, I know there's a website for the magazine, but does your strips get posted? The strips do not get posted. Um, oh, man, you got to talk yet, to somebody. <laughs> yeah, as of yet, they don't get posted. Um, we are discussing archiving the old ones. So once mm-hmm. they're, you know, once, like, the... 
January and February issue are long gone off the newsstand. I think we're going to start posting some of the old ones so people can go up and see them. Cool. But, That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's, we're good for the plug part. Um, let's move on to the message board questions. These have been – let me look when the date was posted. Back, we're going back to December because we uh, kind of skipped over this to, for the Peter David show, so we're doing a little catch-up. Uh, Venom's – Peter David – Peter David's favorite poster, Venom six five four three seven. He says uh, the last show was great as usual. Uh, he's got a few thoughts on the show. Uh, the first one is Jr. Do you think about putting an avatar on your posts about the Web Spinners book, <laughs> or adding it to your signature? Uh, yeah, I did that? kind of uh, get a little zealous about promoting <laughs> Web Slinger, but uh, but uh, it is uh, apparently it's showing up in Barnes and Noble now. Uh, there you go. I, I thought it wasn't. Uh, I didn't think it was uh, out yet, but uh, people told me they've been seeing it in Barnes and Noble. So, so anyway, so there it is. It's uh, yeah. you know, you'll probably be getting it in the mail soon if you've ordered it off Amazon. So. I I did. Uh, also, he wants the group to talk a bit about the Clone Saga. I think it's uh, sad that a personal favorite of mine, Kane, will probably never be brought back because he's associated with this era. And he kind of asks, "What do you guys think about bringing Kane back from the Clone Saga?" Oh, I'll hear that first. Things happen. Things happen. Such a fan, but I don't yeah. think it'll. I like like Jr. I was fixing to say. I think. Uh, I don't think he's not going to come. I don't think he's going to come back anytime soon. At least not within this administration. Um, if another administration pops up after Casada leaves, and they happen to be fans of the Clone Saga and thinking, hey, you know, we should do a little thing concerning the Clone Saga, yada yada. Um, then they might bring back Kane. I, I think Frank Kane's a very, a very underrated character. I think he's better. He's a typical defender than uh, Venom ever was. I think he because Kane and Peter Parker. This is how far Peter Parker could go, and uh, how psychotic Peter Parker could really be. So I, he's a great character, but I don't think he's coming back. Go ahead, Jr. No, I, I don't think he's coming back. I mean, and I don't like him. I mean, it, basically, it's it's a, a killer clone of Peter Parker, and uh, I just don't see. You know, we've spent the last forty-five years, you know, showing how Peter won't go over the edge, doesn't go over the edge, and then we, you know, then we have this clone, and because he has a bad complexion, you know, he decides to start killing people. You know, I mean, geez, if that was the case, I'd been, you know, I'd been, you know, I'd been a serial killer when I was thirteen years old, and I started breaking out. You know. It yeah. was just you'd be z- you'd be zip man. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, let's not get started. A bunch of unpleasant thoughts just came to mind, but yeah, it, it just it just didn't seem right. It just didn't seem right to have this clone of Parker to be a, be a mer- uh, you know, and not just a you know, I mean, a, a vicious mercenary. Um, it, it just didn't work for me. Uh, another example of '90s ex- you know, a '90s excess. Um, you know, let's create a Spider-Man who will kill. Yeah, don't like it. Also, Venom asks, uh, he kind of wished uh, Ben Riley got his own book back in the day. Do you guys hop in whenever you guys want? What do you What do you think of Ben Riley getting his own book? Didn't he? Well, he did for like four issues, but I think he wants something more modern. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I think, think he has resurrected his own book. What was that, more? <laughs> so I think they have resurrected him, but he can get his own book, and that's about all I can say about it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's more. Is it just me, or do we talk about the clone saga at length every single podcast? <laughs> I tell you what, that maybe that's a generational thing. I think kids of the '90s really dig that that clone saga, and they want it. They want some kind of 
new update to that. I guess they want to matter. I, I, think we, I think we all just want closure. <laughs> and true closure. Good luck. We, you know... It's like we're on a Dr. Phil episode. <laughs> <or> closure. <laughs> well, but, you know, there is something to be said about that because, I mean... We we are you know we're big yeah. on our continuity. I mean we you know we're we're anal retentive fanboys you know and we like a we, we like all the pieces to fit and you know basically the clone saga was just swept under the rug and you know the, there's the thing with the baby May and you know people just I, I think they kind of want to see that brought to an end so I I can kind of understand that but uh, you know I can understand why yeah. you know why Marvel's avoiding it because well it's like what do you do with it I mean you know we we really don't want to bring Ben Riley back do we because, you know, then the questions start all over yeah. again. You know, I mean, who's the real one? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why they killed him, was so that the, the, the debate would be settled once and for all. And and what's the point of having two Spider-Men? I mean, that's, uh, I yeah. just don't see it, you know. FSU Spider Fan asks about uh, the concerns about the third movie. Would... Uh, do you think there's too many storylines and characters and changes in history, like Sandman being involved in Ben's murder, and Gwen being some chick that comes between an already established MJ and Peter, and whether the whole uh, movie will jump the ship after the movie? What's your thoughts, guys? Well, a lot. <laughs> I, for one, have just decided to, to disconnect the movies from the books and just take the movies for what they are, because obviously it's, you know... The only thing that they have in common is that Spider-Man's in it, you know, and maybe a little bit of the exactly. origin and everything. But you know, I think if you try to if you try to connect, make a connection between the books and the movies, you're just going to tear your hair out um, mm-hmm. and take it for what right. it's worth. So that's kind of what I've been doing, you know, take the movies for what they're worth. <laughs> exactly, they've got their yeah. own continuity, pretty much. And they have the books for inspiration. Jr., what's your thoughts on the oh well? Characters? You know, there. You know, the the movies and the comics are entirely different mediums. I mean, the the comic books, you know, have been this one long massive storyline. You know, over you know over forty years. You know, in a movie, you've got a you know you've got two hours, two and a half at the most, uh, and you've got to entertain people. You know, you've got to appeal to more people than just the the fans. Or of the fans of the character, and they just they work as an entirely different medium. Um, the the thing with the Sandman possibly being Ben's killer, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit goosey about that. Uh, I'll wait and see how it's played out. But otherwise, it's like who who really cares? I mean, if you just have if all of a sudden you just have these costume villains start showing up, then we're then we're in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin territory, you know, where some guy you know some guy falls into a vat of some chemicals and. You know, he he becomes you know potato salad man or something, and he starts a crime spree. So they they, they had to they had to kind of make Sandman a meaningful character. But you know, I'll again, it really, I mean, we we just have to wait and see how it plays out. Right. Uh, Slave eighty three B asks. I love that handle, by the way. He's in the Philadelphia, PA. He uh, liked that we've touched on Venom and the Clone Saga ad nauseum, I think. <laughs> but would like he'd like to see us talk about the, about the classic storylines from Gwen's death to the original Hobgoblin story and its rather convoluted resolution. What do you guys think about Gwen's death and the Hobgoblin? Well, uh, thank you, Joey. I was about to say I I've said all I can say about the Hobgoblin uh, <laughs> in that in that series of mine. Uh, the thing with um, Gwen's death, I mean, you know, it happened 35 years ago. What haven't we said about it? I mean, I, you know, I, I, I know exactly what he's saying. I know exactly what he's saying. But, 
you know, I, I is I just you know, it's it's like what hasn't been said. I mean, how many how many trade paperback editions is that thing has that come out in? How many times is Jerry Conway going to be asked about whether or not the you know who who really killed Gwen, the Goblin or Spider Man, when he you know when he captured her with his or yeah. got her with his web? So I just think that you know that subject in particular has been played out. I think he's talking, you know, that convoluted resolution part that he asked in the question. I think, you know, uh, they they touch it, t- touch on it uh, with the uh, the Norman sleeping with Gwen and having the twins. I think, you know, I think we'd probably have a similar problem if we went back and did a Ben Riley story where you keep adding to an old story and no one's ever happy with it. Do you, you guys see that or? Apparently not. Well, the whole the whole thing with Norman and Gwen having. You know, sex. Just, I mean, that's an incendiary bomb. I mean, you know, that, that's, you know, and, and yeah. if you don't have it, the thing is, he didn't. And I, I've, I've, I guess I rambled on about this in my my column too. You know, getting beyond the, you know, he threw this thing out. JMS threw this thing out, but he didn't answer the question when and why. Everybody needs to know when and why before we can buy the rest of it. And if you don't have that, it just doesn't. You know, it it, it seems like a cheap. Um, gimmick and and uh, but basically it was uh, you know uh, a, a story it was a story in search of an answer because the original idea was vetoed by Marvel that Peter was the father so kind of like with uh, well I was talking about earlier with David uh, uh, Michelini and uh, Venom he had an, uh, another idea for Venom uh, the editor said no so he had to go with a you know obvi- uh, uh, an angle that didn't nearly work as well. Uh, the next post after that one is F and Spider-Man. He says, I haven't listened to the cast. My old lady gave birth to our third child over Christmas. So F and Spider-Man, congratulations on that. Third yeah. child. Awesome. Are you going to turn... It was, was it a boy I or a girl? Three girls. Was it... Ooh, yeah. Three... Wow. Are you going to turn them on to yeah. Spider-Girl? <laughs> and you'll never use the bathroom when those kids are teenagers. <laughs> I've, I've already used it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're on the show right now, brother. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Evan Spider-Man, you posted a lot. Yeah. You're talking about your about your truck. What uh, <laughs> you know what? When are we gonna get we some pictures nice of your weekend, truck? By the way, this weekend in Colorado, and I washed it, and I took some pictures of it, and yeah. I'll have it up early this week. I promise. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you you rock. The message board is eagerly <laughs> waiting. The look of the general. <laughs> All right, Spy Boy asks. Uh, let's see. You have the ground. Uh, let's see. I agree with the previous posters that sh- you do think that the show should uh, have some sort of debate within it. We've done that on this show, I think. You have the groundwork there with you, Brad, J.R. Morbius, and Spider Dude, all growing up with Spider-Man in different eras, the 70s to 2000s. Uh, let's see. Do different groups? Like to see uh, Spider-Man married, or prefer Norman Osborn to be dead, or deal with more supernatural or down-to-earth stories. What do you guys think of that? Peter married, single, and do you like him in the uh, outer space, or do you like him as a uh, local guy fighting crime? Uh, well, I, I think he, he's the best. He's best at fighting the down-to-earth villains. I mean, that's what makes him more of an everyman. He uh, he definitely, you know, I mean. Every single plot that Dr. Octopus was involved in, yeah, they were some, sometimes outlandish, but nearly every one of them involved in New York, just New York City and wanted to get back and 
specifically a Spider-Man, and he was trying to, they were trying to harm the people of New York. When you start going cosmic, um, out there going into space, teaming up with the Avengers, which is, I think, I think the whole reason for new, the new, new Avengers, as Spidey joked in the, in the latest issue, was, uh, to get him back more down to Earth, and not dealing with all these things like the collective and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they took the, they took the plot of the raft and going to Japan and whatnot. Um, took it back there, but I think they're trying to get him to be more street level, and I think that's, I think that everybody, most everybody unanimously agrees that he is a street level superhero, and not somebody that can go out in space and be like Superman and make, you know, blow up, knock planets together or something like that. Right. Okay, uh, Thanos 6 asks what we think the second golden age of comics are. Uh, they, he thinks that uh, he started collecting comics around 1992, but the 80s are his favorite era. He would go far, as far to say that 1980s until 91, at the end of the Infinity Gauntlet series, were the Marvel's second golden age. What do you guys think well, was I'm the gonna, second uh, golden age? Well, I'm going to allow myself to be tarred and feathered and uh, say that the second age of the comic books, okay. we're now, we're living it for a couple of years, uh, to my comic shop every Wednesday. And I'm getting between 10 and 15 titles a week, and I'm loving most of them. And part of that is the writing. I think the writing now, the dialogue especially, is at a level that it's never been at. Um, I mean, just the rhythm and the dialogue and what you do to compare it to the old days. And be different times, but also, they never had that realistic form of dialogue. It was never exaggerated. I think we've been lucky to see its departure from and also the which medium it's a visual medium and right. for today some of this is just amazing <laughs> people like Gabriel Delato who's an Italian inker works and you know, the other yeah. like Choi if you've been reading the um, X-23 miniseries in which he art uh, Mike Diodato one of my personal favorites Jai Lee another favorite. I mean it's stabbing against old comic art, and the old just looks through the map. I think now is a renaissance for the comic meme, and where they take it is a big question. Yeah. Oh, I don't I think we've Skype. had one. We'll I mean, I, I, hopefully uh, the connection will get a little bit better, but yeah, Jay, I, what's your thoughts that we ever will, really. I mean, I, when we talk about golden age, you know, it, it's one of those deals where, you know, you know, back when I was a kid, we had all this and we liked it, you know, and when, you know, what, you know, what did we really have? You know, I mean, uh, things weren't really as good as as we like to think they are looking back. I mean, <laughs> so we look back at the old stories and we look at them very fondly, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of them are, you know, but we like them because they're of that era. Uh, they're, they're products of their times. Uh, I do think comics today are are much better on average than they have been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I just you know if I had the money, uh, if kids weren't making it all, uh, my son's in the room, uh, then you know I'd be buying kinds of. I mean, there's just a lot of very appealing stuff out there. You know, and, and as much as we gripe <laughs> about this, man, uh, you know, the last few years, I mean, after the. Um, you know, that failure, I think, you know, there have been fairly good stories. Um, but uh, my personal favorite is the 80s, so I do like the 80s. When I was in college, 
and I was about the same age as Peter Parker. For some reason, that just kind of, I, I, I spent a little about that time period. Yeah. All right, Alex Piss. He's a new poster. You gotta love that name. Uh, he says, like "What's our favorite like version of the Spider-Man theme song? <laughs> Ramones cover the the classic uh, uh, 1960s cartoon." You know, I kind of like everybody's take favorite that, uh, version of that song. Uh, well, did or whatever that he did on <laughs> I like that one too. Uh, the end of uh, Jr. What's your favorite? Credits of Spider-Man Two. Um, I can't pronounce. Yeah, and I just I just find myself going, you know, doing that Harry Connick Jr. thing. Uh, you know, I won't even embarrass myself by trying to do it. But uh, that one. Oh, Michael Bublé. Well, it's definitely got the sixty things. Well, I think the Ramones version probably that. I'm just going to say I agree with that. So, yeah. uh, Spidey dude, what's your favorite version of the song? The, but the original version, yeah, Ugh. can't stand. Uh, give me the original or give me nothing. The Ramones, okay. And more of what... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And more of what's your favorite? Yeah. I, I gotta go with JR. I like the Michael Bublé version. I, I was sad that that song wasn't included on the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. I think we really got shafted with that. Also, Alex Piss... Again, love that title. <laughs> he uh, says, what's our favorite like Spider title of all time? We've got Amazing, Spider-Man Volume the, 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 uh, Volume the 2, first Web, volume. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, yeah. Ultimate, and so forth. What's our favorite? I'll go ahead. Amazing. You got Mine, mine was the Electric Company. I like the Electric Company. No, you did Oh, you know what? Spectacular is your favorite? I like Web of Spider-Man. That was a good one. You know, after like Spider-Man, that. I skipped you. What was your favorite version of the song? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't skip you. I'm sorry. So what, what, what's your favorite uh, title of all time? Uh, I'm going to agree with JR and, and go Spectacular. Yeah. yeah. And we've got Spectacular for JR. More, more. what's your favorite? Yeah. And Spidey Dude? Wow. All right. Let's see. We're on the third page. We're about... Going to wrap up the show in just a second. Sounds like my Skype is breaking up as <laughs> they're wanting us to wrap it up. Uh, let's see, Spidey four one eight. Let's see. He liked us talking about about getting uh, comics in the uh, hands of kids. Uh, how uh, you don't really get much for your bang for three or four bucks. I'm skimming that. I don't really see a question on that one, so I'm going forward. Uh, let's see. Jano42 asks, uh, if, I hope you don't mind if we talk about something other than comics. We've done that before. <laughs> but what do you think about graphic uh, novels honest, like uh, Vendetta? I, I don't buy all the trades. I mean, Spider-Man. Make readers it's feel just, like just kind of a money thing. You know, I, Guys, what do you, you think know, of some I, other graphic novels? I spent yeah, on Spidey uh, and, uh, not Spidey and related. Uh, not a whole so lot of recommendations for that. JR? Yeah. You know, the last graphic novel that I actually picked up, I think, was the one way back in the 80s when the. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, there F were a Spider Man, any uh, non Spider Man related graphic and, uh, novels that aren't ancient? I can't remember. Like? That, was long, that was the last graphic novel. Yeah, that might have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, I haven't read a graphic novel in years. <laughs> 
think? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was a mutant. Well, I'm massacre, looking at though at the it? verbatim of this question. It says, um, yeah. "Do you think although comics shouldn't make readers yeah. feel like they're five-year-olds, comics shouldn't be literary masterpieces right. and take themselves more?" What's, what's one of your? You, you probably well, have a literary dark masterpiece. Is a literary freaking masterpiece? Who are we to say that? No, don't make your literary masterpiece. We want to read about superheroes swinging around in tights. That's just kind of silly. But. um... My all-time favorite graphic novel, number one, right. above everything else, is The Crow. Like the, oh, yeah. uh, the original graphic yeah. novel, The Crow, from art and writing, it was like disjointed visual poetry. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, I think everybody should read that one. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I like The Watchmen, just because it was different. Yeah. Um, I, I did like The Watchmen. I, I enjoyed it, but... I didn't like it. I don't think it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread, like everybody claims it to be. Right. Uh, I, but I did enjoy so the uh, overall read. It was a pretty good read. Non-five-year-old uh, books. But uh, I'm still a Spider-Man fan at heart, so that's pretty much the only one I've gotten outside the... Uh, that and Preacher. Uh, it was recommended by Nick, uh, who was on the Mass Message Board. Uh, yeah, so... Put a shout-out to Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from our board. Yeah. And I know you guys don't want Marvel to end Spider-Man's marriage. Well, actually, but the, the time to have ended would have been uh, around the Clone Saga when they lost the child. Like I mean, that'll, that'll kill a marriage. Anyone uh, and uh, uh, that's a realistic, you know, <laughs> if we had to. realistic way to end it. Um, but I think that, you know, I mean, if this, the marriage has survived all this, then I mean, good heavens, you know, I mean, what can kill it? So any story that does would just be yeah. lame, in my opinion. So I, I think that if they were going to end yeah. it, the time has passed. Uh, well, I would end it. This is the clone saga kidding me. Uh, I would I would bring back Ben somehow, some way. Don't know how. I'd bring back Ben, have him take over the web with Peter Parker, and let Peter Parker and Aunt Mary Jane go off into the sunset with their baby. And because if the baby ever does come back, that's the end of Spider-Man. That's the ultimate responsibility. So, um, oh, I'd have Mary Jane killed by a sniper. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that line. Uh, F and Spidey, how would you end it? Well, it's true. Right there with you. <laughs> Are you writing the book as we speak? <laughs> uh, how would I end it? Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, well, uh, that's not answering the question. Um, yeah, yeah. Blow up the whole Marvel universe. Blow up Planet Marvel six one six. Then everybody's dead. How's that? <laughs> That would finish it. All right, last message board question is from JPD13. He says he's a big fan of Spider-Man um, teaming up with Daredevil. The, uh, my, uh, the Frank Miller uh, issue is spectacular. JPD's second uh, favorite character after Spider-Man. Uh, I'd I'm like trying to think, hear like our 24, thoughts 25, on Spider-Man Daredevil uh, when uh, the Masked Marauder which and his bomb like droid uh, uh, were going to blow up New York. Uh, I just, D- you know, that's the one where they actually kind of started when Spidey lost his sight and and uh, Daredevil started working with him to try to help him compensate for that. Um, I just thought that was a good story. Oh, not really. 
I'm a big Daredevil fan myself. Um, and when it comes to Daredevil, really, it's all about Bendis' stuff for me. So pretty much any time Bendis writes uh, to him together, whether it's the Daredevil team? title or the Secret War title. But um, one to particularly no. point out was the okay. Spider-Man Daredevil <laughs> miniseries by Paul Jenkins and Phil Winslade. was one of the worst pieces of garbage I've read in years, and steer clear of it. hated that. Oh, I thought it was worthless. The covers were about the only thing I liked. <laughs> it even had a supernatural, like, you know, hell-type story to it, and I still didn't like it. Oh. Wow. I like that book. I like well, that book. you know, I, I did... Had great covers by Alex I, I enjoyed Walsh, the, uh, stuff, but. uh... I think it was Stan Lee and Romita <laughs> uh, Sr. that did uh, One Shot to the Death. It was really badly written, but Man. good art. I enjoyed that. All right, Spidey dude, what's, uh, your, what's your thoughts on uh, that? But I, I, my, my favorite all-time team-up has to be the cartoon. I know it's not in the books, but it's the cartoon. I loved it. I loved seeing Daredevil and, and Spidey on the cartoon in the 90s. Oh, I remember that book. I remember that book. I thought for sh- I thought for sure someone was going to take my answer, but they didn't. It's the uh, death of Gene DeWolf, or the uh, Peter David written book where Daredevil and Spider-Man my, teamed up. That's my all-time favorite. My recommendation uh, for the month is not Spider Girl. So, I promise. Uh, all right, the message uh, uh, done. It has uh, been for every other month, but uh, although, recommendations yeah. for um, we didn't do this last but my recommendation uh, for the TV show of the month uh, is Heroes. Um, very well written, very very well done. I know, I know, Brad, you're not the greatest fan of it, but. I, I thoroughly, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, uh, I really like, I really like the interaction between Nathan and, uh, yeah. and Hyro, but yeah. those scenes are absolutely comically hilarious. I just, oh, they're great. It's, it's average in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I missed that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you catch the Star Trek homage in uh, uh, Heroes? You know Western that uh, the, tech, the driver's license, you know, first of all, it looks exactly like mine. Second of all, because uh, I'm from Texas. That, little uh, little, little sh- that. shout out to the <laughs> best Trek fans. Uh, but uh, but cool. you notice that if you, life, so. they have never given Claire's dad a name, just Bennett. His last name is Bennett. Well, if you look at the driver's license, there's no first name. They still have yet to give him a first name. Ah, so, gotcha. That's a shout out too. Well, I'll give uh, one comic and one TV for the month. Um, ah. As comics go, believe it or not, uh, something that I scoffed at when I heard about and was going to totally pass up Man. until I had a little bit of extra money and went for it. Yeah. The hey, more what are you Supreme watching? What you're Nighthawk reading? What do you want other to know about? Miniseries. Um, I hate. Those just random superhero beatdown miniseries, and I also don't really collect anything. Squadron Supreme is not written by JMS, and this is both. Um, but I picked it up. It's two issues in out of four, and it turns out this whole story is set yeah. deeply in the modern, real-life political conflict of Garfer. And it just tells you so much that you didn't know already. This is something that has not been talked about in the news like it should have mm-hmm. been, and it's it's a real education is what it is. 
Um, and the myths of some superhero fun, which is all good. But I recommend everybody read that because it's it's stuff you need to know. It's it's good stuff to read on a lot of levels. So I recommend that. And um, and it's, you all on this message board convinced me to finally go watch right. the DVDs of Smallville. And I'm halfway through season five now. Got them for Christmas. Um, but I, I hate Superman <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> but I love this show, <laughs> and um, turns out it's got a lot of it's got a couple of similarities in writers and producers with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, wow, have you it's just got into a that? lot of that same feel from the high school thing in both of their early days, and it's got Jeff wow. Webb. Um, it's just a really really solid show, and I'm <laughs> loving it, and I'm very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I rented two things from uh, from the Blockbuster right. a couple nights ago. I, I rented uh, a yeah, movie. I'm, I'm not a big Superman fan either, but I, I dug that show too. Uh, or Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson. I had never seen that movie. So, uh, F and Spidey, what are you reading? What are you watching? What do you, what do you awesome. recommend? Um, and I, I rented a movie called uh, Green Street Hooligans, okay. which was uh, a movie with Elijah Wood. Uh, takes place mm-hmm. in England about the soccer yeah. fans and the gangs that support wow. these fans. And it's and it's a movie about guys drinking yeah. beer and supporting their team and getting in really vicious fistfights. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like my favorite the guys. Yeah, I, I think everybody would really like that movie. So uh, that's, what I, that's what I ran it. Mm-hmm. Okay, one recommend uh, one recommendation, and then one uh, stay away from like the Black Plague. Uh, <laughs> my recommendation is a book uh, called Men of Tomorrow <laughs> by Gerard Jones. Uh, it's subtitled Geeks, Gangsters, and the Birth of the Comic Book. And Jr., what are you uh, Basically, what are you it's it's a history of the uh, well, mostly with uh, with DC uh, because you know that preceded Marvel by several years, but it. It's just a very interesting story of, of these, you know, mobster wannabes and crooks and con men, you know, who, who literally started the comic book industry that we know of. You know, it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a bunch of, uh, you know, of society's brighter lights, you know, or people with an artistic vision, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and plus the stories of how they just ripped off and cheated the, uh, the creative uh, talent involved, I mean, is... is you know, it's it's no wonder it still happens today. I mean, it's just an embedded part of that culture. And uh, Martin Goodman, even uh, the guy who uh, gave Stan Lee his job, uh, Martin Goodman was a less than ethical businessman. By uh, he'd uh, he'd uh, buy a bunch of stuff, and and uh, then he'd let that company that bought stuff go bankrupt uh, and just start a new company and leave the the vendors who sold him the original uh, batch of stuff uh, uh, hanging out to dry. So that's a it's just a very fascinating look at uh, the beginnings of the comic book industry. Uh, by stay away from, uh, in one of these, uh, when you get to be an old man watching your kids grow up, you start to think, oh, I'd like to have some time with my kids. So I, I let my daughter pick the movie that we went to, and she chose Epic Movie. Oh, my God, <laughs> stay away from that one. And I like stupid movies. Like I said, I laughed at Talladega Nights, you know, and that, uh, but oh my God, this was awful. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, I mean, you know, I like, you know, bodily function jokes as much as the next emotionally arrested guy, but they have to be funny. Oh, stay away, stay away. Yeah. Well, if it's half as bad as date movie, then I'll, I will 
possibly stay away from it. I, I'm going to check it out just because I'm trying to see if it's any better than Dave movie because Dave <laughs> was was w- rated my number one worst movie of all time. Yeah. So uh, oh, yeah, it was absolutely. You, you can't write a well-written spoof and use it and get it out there like the two the two scary movies, the first two. Uh, then just don't do it at all. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it. Uh my recommendations for the month, I'll give you some comic books and uh some uh television. Uh love the immortal Iron Fist. Iron Fist has been in a lot of series that really just suck, you know, when they've tried to reboot them after uh, the Power Man Iron Fist team up all those years ago. But uh, this one is awesome. Irredeemable. Works great. Brew Baker is uh, inching up as one of my favorite writers on Marvel right now. So that's a great book. Another book that uh, I don't think many people are reading, but I think it's pretty solid so far. It's written by Robert Kirkman. Uh, the, uh, oh, what's the, the adjective in front of it? The Irredeemable. Ant-Man. I think that's a really solid book. I or pick it up. It's not that works, too. Well, uh, sales-wise, but I think it's pretty solid. It's kind of nice to have a guy as the lead character that's just a slime ball. You know, you just hate the guy, but it's kind of fun to read. So check that book out. Uh, also, avoid Spider-Man Rain. We've already talked about that. <laughs> or pick it up, as, as uh, Morb says. Also, television-wise, I'm really digging season six of 24. Love that show. It's it's always top-notch, <laughs> and I think this this season's pretty solid. I I, I enjoy what they're doing. Uh, this is the first season I've actually watched it first run. I've watched all the other seasons on DVD, but this one, man, it's I love Jack Bauer. Yes, two hours tomorrow, so don't call me between seven and nine, please. <laughs> All right, fellows, uh, that's going to wrap it up. I appreciate everybody talking. We'll give a little bit of plug uh, for next month's show. We've got a special star-studded edition all in bright lights. We've got uh, Tom DeFalco, the writer of Spider-Girl and also the Amazing Spider-Man title back in the 80s and the 90s. He's agreed to be on the show. And I'm officially geeking out. And he's also (laughs) talking his good friend Ron Friends, the artist on Spider-Girl, to join us. So March's episode ought to be a blast.